Hey, Mike Baker here. Well, spring is in full swing. And for millions of folks, that means yard work and gardening. Am I right? Now, here's a pro tip for those of you looking to spruce up your landscaping. Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the U.S. They've got over 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. Save yourself the time and trouble of multiple trips to those crowded nurseries. You know what I'm talking about. Fast Growing Trees is a complete time saver. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all, and it's delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. They can tell you what grows best in your area, how to plant, when to plant. It's like having your own expert gardener. And here's the best part. This spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And listeners to the President's Daily Brief can get an extra 15% off by using promo code PDB at checkout. So go to fastgrowingtrees.com and use promo code PDB at checkout. This podcast is sponsored by Blackout Coffee. It's the best way to start your day. A hot cup of American-made Blackout Coffee. Family-owned, premium coffee, fresh roasted and shipped out within 48 hours of roasting. Go to blackoutcoffee.com, promo code PDB for 20% off your first purchase. It's Monday, January 22nd. Welcome to the President's Daily Brief. I'm Mike Baker, your eyes and ears on the world stage. Let's get briefed. First up, the tit-for-tat between U.S. forces and Iranian proxies continued over the weekend. I'll give you the details on the latest attacks and new reports that the White House is preparing a long-term strategy against Houthi militants. Later on in the program... Over 100 days into the Israel-Hamas war, U.S. intelligence is suggesting that Israel's efforts to dismantle Hamas are not meeting expectations. Plus, we'll discuss an emerging peace proposal plan led by the U.S. and backed by key Arab nations designed to bring this conflict to an end. And finally, in today's back of the brief, Ukraine is trying its hand at a new strategy in its struggle against Russia launching numerous attacks on the nation's oil production capacity. But first up, the PDB Spotlight. The back and forth between the United States and Iran's proxies across the Middle East continued over the weekend. We'll start in Iraq, where U.S. personnel were injured during an attack on the Al-Assad airbase on Saturday. The base, a stronghold for American forces in western Iraq, was hit by ballistic missiles and rockets at 6.30 p.m. Baghdad time. According to U.S. Central Command, the airbase's defense systems intercepted most of the incoming missiles, but some did impact the base. In the aftermath of the attack, several U.S. troops have reportedly suffered traumatic brain injuries and are currently undergoing evaluation. The incident also resulted in injuries to at least one Iraqi service member. Now, the Islamic resistance in Iraq, a group of Iranian-backed militants who have publicly opposed the conflict between Israel and Hamas has taken responsibility for the attack in a press release. Since the Israel-Hamas conflict flared up in October, U.S. forces in the Middle East have been targeted at least 141 times, 58 times in Iraq and 83 times in Syria, primarily by Iran-backed militants wielding a combination of rockets and one-way attack drones. The missile strike at the Al-Assad airbase occurred just hours after U.S. Central Command 
announced a series of strikes on Houthi assets in Yemen. On the preceding Friday and Saturday, U.S. forces carried out airstrikes against at least four Houthi anti-ship missiles in the Gulf of Aden, which were poised for launch and deemed a threat to commercial and U.S. Navy vessels. These most recent strikes represent the fifth round of such U.S. actions against the Houthis in the past week, targeting missile launchers ready to initiate attacks. Now, if it hasn't already become clear to you, these strikes have done little, if nothing, to deter the Houthi terrorists from continuing their attacks on maritime commerce in the Red Sea, and it looks like the Biden administration is preparing for a more long-term campaign against the group. According to reports in the Washington Post, the Biden administration is busy crafting plans for what's being called a, quote, sustained military campaign targeting the Houthis. High-level discussions took place on Wednesday with senior officials deliberating this long-term strategy. Speaking anonymously to the Post, administration officials outlined their approach. Their goal is to weaken the Houthis' military capabilities significantly, thereby reducing their ability to disrupt shipping in the Red Sea and Gulf of Aden. The long-term aim is to establish a deterrent strong enough to convince shipping companies to resume their normal operations through these strategic waterways. Now, as part of this strategic shift, a senior U.S. official stated, quote, We are clear-eyed about who the Houthis are and their worldview, so we're not sure that they're going to stop immediately, but we are certainly trying to degrade and destroy their capabilities. End quote. Oh, well, apparently, the administration officials may not be as clear-eyed on who is actually responsible for the current chaos and instability. The Houthis are an Iranian proxy. They're doing the bidding of the Iranian regime and the IRGC. And by drawing the U.S. into a more complex and longer-term engagement with their proxy, the Iranian regime is getting what they want. More instability, more success in drawing the U.S. into a conflict without suffering any direct consequence. Look, engaging in a more involved conflict with the Houthis is simply putting a band-aid on a sucking chest wound. It doesn't address the root cause of the problem. The only way to promote long-term stability in the Middle East is to convince the Iranian regime that it's in their best interests to alter their behavior. All right, after the break, we'll update you on the latest developments in the Israel-Hamas conflict. U.S. intelligence has reported that Israel is significantly underperforming in its campaign to neutralize Hamas. This assessment stands in stark contrast to the claims made by the Israeli Defense Forces. I'll also give you the details of a new peace initiative spearheaded by the U.S. and supported by several Arab allies aimed at bringing the conflict to an end. I'll be right back. Hey, Mike Baker here. Let me take less than a minute to talk about one of my favorite subjects, cigars. Now, there's something about great cigars, right? They require you to slow down a bit. They promote conversation and camaraderie. And when you're talking great cigars, of course, well, you're talking Foundation Cigar. It's where tradition meets innovation and where craftsmanship reigns supreme. I hope by now, after listening to me bang on about Foundation Cigar, that you've wandered down to your local cigar shop to give them a try. I'm a big fan of Foundation Cigar, that is clearly obvious, including their latest offering, the Wise Man Corojo and Madura. Inspired by Nicaraguan heritage and handcrafted in collaboration with my father's cigars, 
These cigars are the pinnacle of rich flavor and bold character. They really are the perfect gift for cigar lovers in your life. Maybe it's your pop, maybe it's your brothers, your friends, and of course, don't forget yourself. Go get a few, have them on deck for your next gathering, perhaps on the golf course or it's poker night, wherever you and your pals are getting together. Be a hero, bring out the foundation cigars. Ignite your senses and indulge in the artistry of these premium cigars from Foundation Cigar. You can check out their website, foundationcigar.com, or you can purchase them at a local cigar shop near you. Welcome back. We're over 100 days into the Israel-Hamas war, and serious questions are being raised about just how effective Israeli forces have been in achieving their stated goal, the destruction of Hamas. A classified U.S. intelligence estimate, first disclosed by the Wall Street Journal, suggests that Israeli forces have neutralized only 20 to 30 percent of Hamas's fighters. This figure falls significantly short of Israel's objective to completely dismantle the group, highlighting Hamas's persistence even as parts of the Gaza Strip face devastation. U.S. intelligence also indicates that Hamas retains sufficient armaments to sustain its assault on Israeli targets for an extended period. Hamas has reportedly revised its military strategy, executing ambushes against IDF units before withdrawing back into its tunnels. These claims emerge amidst the IDF's assertion that roughly 9,000 Hamas combatants have been eliminated since the conflict's commencement, with about 1,000 fatalities occurring during the massacre on 7 October. The United States estimates the strength of Hamas at 25,000 to 30,000 members, and that's a more modest count compared to Israel's assessment, which suggests the number could exceed 30,000. In addition to those killed, Israel estimates that up to 16,000 Hamas fighters have been incapacitated, with half of them unable to return to combat. The U.S. figures on that are far less optimistic, frankly. The report estimates that between 10,500 and 11,700 have been injured in the fighting, many of whom are potentially still combat-capable. The report makes one more interesting note. According to U.S. military doctrine, conventional forces experiencing a 25-30% to 30% casualty rate among their combatants would be deemed combat ineffective. However, Hamas, of course, operates as an unconventional force, entrenched in a densely populated urban landscape and bolstered by an extensive network of tunnels that they spent a great deal of supposed aid money building. These tunnels facilitate the movement of militants and the execution of assaults, complicating efforts to measure combat effectiveness by conventional standards. So, despite absorbing enough casualties to make a conventional army ineffective, Hamas still has fight left in it. Now, efforts are underway at this time to bring the conflict to a conclusion and we're learning details about a new plan being pushed by the U.S., Egypt, and Qatar. The Wall Street Journal reveals that this multi-phase plan is designed to cease hostilities within 90 days, initiate a release of the remaining hostages, and pave the way for broader regional normalization for Israel, as well as the discussion of a Palestinian state. So, let's go through this latest proposal, phase by phase. In the first phase, Hamas would release all civilian hostages. At the same time, Israel would reciprocate by freeing numerous Palestinian security detainees, withdrawing from Gaza's urban centers, easing movement within the territory, halting drone surveillance, 
and amplifying humanitarian aid. In the second phase, there would be an exchange involving female IDF soldiers and the remains of Israelis for additional Palestinian prisoners. The third and final phase would see Israel pulling back to the Gaza border, with Hamas releasing the last of the hostages, including soldiers and others it's deemed combatants. According to Egyptian sources who spoke to the Wall Street Journal, the stage would then be set for discussions on a long-term ceasefire, the normalization of relations between Israel and Saudi Arabia, among other nations, and talks to establish a Palestinian state. Israeli authorities, for their part, are reportedly advocating for a shorter two-week ceasefire, sidestepping conversations about a long-term truce. Negotiations are scheduled to commence shortly in Cairo. One critical note, the Wall Street Journal's report doesn't specify what would happen to Hamas under this agreement, and that, frankly, is the key to any long-term peace. If Hamas remains in control of Gaza, all the death on both sides will be essentially for naught. Hamas, as an extension of Iran, is focused on the destruction of Israel. If left in control, they will continue on this path and there will be no lasting peace. And for the citizens of Gaza, under the continued rule of Hamas, there will be no opportunity for meaningful good governance, economic development, or frankly a brighter future. Look over the past almost 20 years, as the ruling force in Gaza, Hamas has shown where its interests lie, and those are not with the betterment of the people of Gaza. The future of the Palestinian people, and the security and future of Israel, depend on removing Hamas from any position of authority or control. Coming up in tonight's Back of the Brief, we explore Ukraine's strategic pivot in its ongoing conflict with Russia. And with a series of targeted strikes, Ukraine is taking aim at Russia's oil production capabilities. And also, we'll take a quick look at the changing political landscape in the U.S. I'll be right back. Mike Baker here. I want to take just a minute to talk about something of real importance to you and your family's financial well-being. And that's life insurance. Look, I know it's not everyone's favorite topic. And, and a lot of folks avoid talking about it or they put it off thinking it's too costly or too complicated or you'll get to it some other day. And it's true, finding the right policy on your own can be time-consuming and complex. But I'm here to tell you, life insurance is an important safety net for your family. And that's why I'm happy to tell you about Policy Genius. Policy Genius is the country's leading online insurance marketplace. It saves you time and money so you can provide your family with a financial safety net starting today. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Now, for me, having an appropriate life insurance policy, well, it means less stress, less worry. I know that my amazing wife and our kids will be properly taken care of and provided for should something happen to me. Now, back when I was in the market for life insurance, and that was a while back, I did my searching the old-fashioned way. Lots of telephone calls, paperwork, faxes, maybe even a beeper. I would have loved to have Policy Genius to streamline the whole process. Policy Genius helps you compare all your options from top companies and provides a team of unbiased, licensed experts to walk you through the decision-making. You can compare quotes with just a few clicks, find just the right policy, and Bob's your uncle. 
and they've got thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot from customers who found the best fit for their needs. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Mike Baker here. I want to talk about, well, nobody's favorite subject, and that's debt. Now, being in debt is, well, it's like sinking in quicksand. You're trapped. You, you feel helpless. And the harder you struggle, the deeper in debt you can get. Now, if you're trapped in debt, let me suggest a solution. Done with debt. Now, Done with Debt has created a brilliant new strategy with one goal in mind, getting you out of debt quickly and permanently. Done with Debt stops the struggle. First, they stand between you and your bill collectors. Then, they negotiate a plan to end your debt permanently, without bankruptcy and then without loans. They get you out of debt quickly and put more cash in your pocket monthly. But you need to contact Done With Debt right away because some debt solutions, well, they expire and you don't want to miss out. It's easy to get started. Go to donewithdebt.com and get a free consultation. You have nothing to lose. Talk with one of their experts and discover a strategy that could end your debt faster and easier than you thought possible. Visit donewithdebt.com. That's donewithdebt.com. In today's Back of the Brief, as the winter grinds on in Ukraine, the nation is adopting a new tactic in its war against Russia, striking directly at Putin's critical infrastructure, particularly its oil refining industry. The latest attack came on Friday when a Ukrainian drone targeted an oil storage facility in western Russia. Reports indicate that despite local air defenses jamming the drone, it did successfully deploy its payload, engulfing four oil reservoirs with a collected volume of 1.6 million gallons in flames. The facility is located in Klintsi, a city located about 40 miles from the Ukrainian border. Ukrainian authorities didn't officially acknowledge the attack, but did publicly celebrate the results. Yeah, we don't know anything about it, but uh, huzzah. Russian officials have acknowledged that drone assaults by Ukraine are becoming more frequent, including a recent episode where Moscow's air defense systems reportedly intercepted a drone aimed at the nation's capital. Additionally, the Defense Ministry announced the downing of another drone near the St. Petersburg oil terminal, located a considerable distance from Ukraine's border. Russia has also attributed a deadly attack in the border region of Belgorod to Ukrainian forces, and that resulted in 22 fatalities. These attacks serve multiple purposes. First of all, they create logistical hurdles for Russian military operations within Ukraine, disrupting the supply of fuel necessary to maintain armored vehicles and equipment in the unforgiving winter. But there's also a psychological element to Ukraine's efforts to strike inside Russia. These attacks are meant to be a reminder to average Russian citizens that there's still a war going on, despite the Russian government and state-owned media attempts to shield its citizens from the war's immediate effects. Again, the last thing Putin wants is a restless public, particularly in the key urban centers. The Russian leadership went through that experience during their occupation of Afghanistan, when mothers in Moscow and elsewhere, upset over the war and its toll on families, became an important and vocal protest block. And finally, on the U.S. political scene, the Republican primary is now a two-person race. Former President Trump 
versus South Carolina Governor and former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, once seen as a formidable challenge to Trump, announced yesterday that he suspended his campaign. DeSantis acknowledged that he did not have a logical path through the general election, and he endorsed Trump just days before the New Hampshire primary. DeSantis had been polling last in New Hampshire. And that, my friends, is the President's Daily Brief for Monday, 22 January. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to me at pdb at thefirsttv.com. I'm Mike Baker, and I'll be back later today with the PDB Afternoon Bulletin. Until then, stay informed, stay safe, stay cool. What is the No Spin News all about? You know that this is a fact-based analysis news program. You know that. We avoid speculation. We don't do conspiracies here. We don't do party politics here. We're not nonpartisan. That's wrong. Not that. Okay, we are advocates for a stronger America and a more just society. We don't believe in communism. We don't believe in socialism. We don't believe in nihilism. We don't believe in the progressive woke culture. We think it is un-American. We don't support that. So you should know what we are. And it would then crystallize what we do. Listen to the No Spin News. Subscribe to Bill O'Reilly's podcast feed wherever podcasts are available.